thanks for connecting with our online content at Holy Trinity Church in Richmond. We really hope that what we share with you will be a blessing and will help you to continue to grow in your knowledge and love of God. reading comes from Luke 8 verses 1 to 25. After this Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path that was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him, what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mothers and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. One day Jesus said to his disciples, 
let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, and welcome to Holy Trinity. Uh, if we haven't met, uh, my name is Eric. Uh, and again, it's a privilege to preach here, preach here as we continue our journey through Luke. Uh, today, we're looking at the parable of the sower and the four different responses that Jesus puts forward to um, hearing the word of God. Let's start in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life that it gives and the fruit we can bear for you. I pray as we open your word today, we'll learn more about you and more about how we can grow your kingdom here on earth. Amen. Right, so at this point in Luke's record of Jesus' ministry, uh, Jesus has become a bit of a celebrity, and um, like celebrities, uh, people are beginning to gather around him. Uh, and in our passage, currently as a loud, large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, Jesus uses the opportunity to tell a parable. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and was trampled, and the birds ate it. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now, we know about this parable and the interpretation of it, as uh, we've read this many times before. But I suspect most, if not all of the people there, uh, were a bit stumped by this. We see this in the fact that even the disciples had to ask Jesus, what on earth he is talking about? Jesus tells the disciples that he doesn't speak in parables, that the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to the disciples. To others, he speaks in parables, so though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. Jesus then proceeds to explain the parable for the disciples so they can see. The seed, as we know, is the word of God, which Jesus has been sowing from town to town, and the various grounds are the people who have been hearing the word of God. Jesus says that there's four responses that one can have in response to this hearing. And those responses can be divided into two groups of two types. First group are those who ultimately don't accept the word of God. The first type of which are those along the path, those who hear, but the word is stolen so that they don't believe. They hear, but don't respond. They might come along and listen out of interest in something different or because they've been invited to an event 
that has a brief message about Jesus in it. But the word doesn't stick. The spiritual warfare around us steals the good news away from them before it can take root. And it's hard to reach people in situations like this as they seemingly can't see what is obvious to us. This was me for most of my childhood. Uh, I grew up in a non-Christian family, uh, though I had friends who were Christian. And I even went to church on the odd occasion. But the word was never planted in my heart. Uh, and looking back, as I was growing up, I can see other people who were probably Christians, but nothing came of it. The second type of person are those on the rocky ground, who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but then fall away. They hear and respond, but don't last the distance. These are those who would have seen the miracles that Jesus was doing, but turned away when challenged by Jesus about taking up their cross, denying themselves to follow him. They are initially drawn to God's word because it's new and exciting. But an identity in Christ never sinks in, and the reality of being a Christian in a world that rejects Jesus becomes apparent. Their interest wanes, and they drop out of sight. They tend to be on the fringes of church, initially attracted, but never seem to get with the program. And their departure reflects where their hearts were all along. And it's tragic to see someone who is so close and yet so far. When I was looking at becoming a Christian, giving my life to Jesus, I was afraid of falling into this group. I knew my heart. I knew that I had passing interests in things. Uh, but due to the magnitude of what I was committing to, knowing that this would be the rest of my life, I wanted to commit only if I knew that I would last. The second group of people are those who do accept the word. The first type being those among the thorns who hear, but as life goes on, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they don't mature. They hear and respond, but end up drifting through their Christian life. If we're not Christian, if we're not careful, sorry, uh, this is the group that Christians can fall into if they aren't disciplined. Life gets in the way and distracts us. The nine to five daily grind, getting home, going through the evening routine with the kids, and you fall into bed at 9 p.m. or later, exhausted. Concerned about having enough time, money, or energy. Just living day to day. So we become Sunday Christians, lukewarm and not useful to Jesus. And again, I can relate to this. I feel like I end up in this category quite a bit, especially over the last few years. Having something on almost every night of the week leaves little time to stop, read, pray, and reflect. My concern for many years was being able to provide financially for my family. If there wasn't enough money, I would get stressed. If it looked like we wouldn't have some place to live, I would get stressed. And though I tried to put my faith in God's provision, I continually struggle with that confidence if the bank account gets too low. Lastly, the final type is the good soil. Those with a noble heart, no, noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance produce a crop. Those who hear, respond, and bear fruit. 
This is the ideal. This is the way it's supposed to be. Fertile ground to joyously accept God's word, grow in maturity and stature before God, spreading the good news without concern for consequences. These are the ones we aspire to be, or feel we are already at. But are we? Now, I like to think that I'm in this group. After all, I've been in the leadership of churches for most of my Christian walk. I've been deemed faithful enough to be chosen to preach God's word. I've been looked up to and been an encouragement to those around me. But I know the weeds of my life, the temptations, the distractions, the desires to, of the seemingly more attractive and pleasurable lifestyle of those around me who aren't obedient to God's word. But by the grace of God, I can also see the folly of choosing to live that way and ultimately know that it leads to destruction and division. So though we all desire to be good soil and bear fruit, what should be the outcome? What does it look like when we accept Jesus as Lord? Well, several things as we can see from this chapter of Luke. First, we should get excited to tell others of the good news. In verses 16 to 18, Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and hides it under a pot, but rather they put it on a stand so all can see. For there is nothing that hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. Matthew describes this as a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Those who respond and produce fruit are like a lamp that shines forth, giving light to a darkening world. How many of you, if you found out something really exciting, you know, someone got engaged, had a baby, won a nice prize, would immediately begin to tell others about this good news? Likewise, we should have the same excitement and passion to tell others about Jesus. Next, we become part of a global family for God. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brother are standing outside waiting to see you. His reply, my mother and brother are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Those who respond to God's word get to become part of God's family. And like a large family, there are problem children and that weird uncle. But we are to love and look out for one another, spurring one another, one another on in love. We gain confidence in what God can do. He is, after all, the creator of everything. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep and a squall came down. The disciples woke him saying, Master, we're going to drown. At which point Jesus got up and rebuked the storm and it became calm. Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Jesus says that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. The disciples, though they struggled with doubt and despair at times, were still faithful to Jesus. And at Pentecost, they began to boldly preach the word of God in Jerusalem, in Judea, and has continued to the ends of the earth. We should get involved with growing the kingdom of God. We read at the start of our passage that as Jesus was traveling, not only were the 12 disciples with him, but also some women, Mary, Joanna, Susanna, and many others helping to support out of their own means. They gave generously from what they had, 
and not under compulsion, not being guilted from the pulpit, but willingly. Likewise, today, we need a team to come around the leadership of the church to serve and to give, to better enable them to do the work of the kingdom. When in Corinth, Paul was supported by Silas and Timothy, which allowed him to fully focus on his ministry there. We likewise have opportunities to serve and help here at Holy Trinity. And to those who do, thank you. You are a huge help. And lastly, we get to see the supernatural. In this chapter, we see that Mary had been cured of demons. There was another man cured of demons. There was a woman who the doctors couldn't cure, healed. And in this chapter, in the last chapter, we see someone raised to life. And even today, there are many stories of people being healed or freed from spiritual oppression. Now, I can get skeptical at times when people attribute things to God. And we are um, called to test the spirit to make sure that, of what we hear and see. However, I do have a story of one of Sarah's cousins who had an answer to prayer. And I'm probably going to get into trouble with Sarah because I haven't told her that I'm referencing her family. But anyways, moving on. Um, Sarah's cousin uh, had some uh, back issues and uh, went and saw a chiropractor and found out that one of her legs was shorter than the other. Uh, this caused some issues with her hips, which caused some issues with her spine, leading to the back problems. They're a Christian family, so her parents brought this before God and asked that he would work a miracle to sort out her legs. So they spent time faithfully in prayer, patiently waiting, and that's what's happened. Both her legs are now the same length, her hips are aligned, and her back is fine. Praise God. Do we have the confidence to live for Jesus with that in mind? To confidently go forth and proclaim him to the world? Knowing that some won't respond, but some might. The only way to find out what kind of ground someone's heart is, is to speak or sow the good news to those around us. Now, for context, Jesus uses many growing parables. You know, the vine, fig trees, plants bearing fruit due to their nature, the mustard seed. This is likely because of uh, the agricultural nature of Israel at the time. It was something that people could immediately connect with, relate to, and remember. So what can we use today? Well, I'll come up with some ideas for you. So first off, you can broadcast the word. You can pamphlet drop the good news. You can live stream your life for Jesus. You can spam people with emails. No, as an IT person, please don't do that. So as I end my sermon, I'll say again, like I said at the end of my last sermon, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all you have been commanded. And behold, the I am is with you always to the ends of the age. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you make it grow in people's hearts in response to you. Help us to be confident to tell others about you and help them to be good soil, able to receive your word, to grow and produce more fruit. Amen. Amen.
If you'd like to connect with more of our online content at Holy Trinity in Richmond, you can do that by going to our YouTube page simply by searching for Richmond Anglican Aotearoa. You can also touch base with us online at our website or on Facebook by searching with those same words. Friends, we're so thankful that you've joined us online and that you're enjoying our content. We really do hope and pray that God is blessing you through it. If you've got any feedback, you can touch base with me, zane at richmondparish.nz. Thanks so much for listening. Music